It is. We are coming at you from the Quad City area. Uh, this is a, a production of Sound Bros Productions. Uh, we are a local audio recording studio company thing. Whatchamahoosit. I just wanted to use the word whatchamahoosit, you know, because... Yesterday? Whatchamahoosit. Yeah, because of all the words yesterday. Yes. Dadgummit. Dadgum. 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 Sweet. <laughs> so, uh... We, uh, we got just some, today's just a little bit of a random. I think we're just going to be a little random today. Just, you know, random stories, random things, um, well, our usual weather yeah, and mm-hmm. local event-ish things. And Christmas. And, well, of course Christmas. I mean, what better time to start a podcast than is at Christmas time, right? Because we literally get to talk about Christmas for like... Every day. A month. For a month, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What, what do you got? Hanging out over there for us, there, Broski. Oh, for stories. Okay, cool. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you have any stories to start with, or do we want to start with weather? We started with weather yesterday. I actually have some pretty cool stories. All right, so pretty cool stories. Ready, go. So this one is a is a Christmas esque story, because the person was using a Christmas esque because he was using a Christmas ornament. <laughs> okay, so this guy. Who is eighty-eight years old? He's a uh, he was a Korean War veteran. He um, he was hanging out at his house when he heard a loud bang at his front door, and he beat somebody with a Christmas ornament. No, dang it! Uh, actually, better than that. I was actually all excited for a beating from a like a like uh, like that guy that died in the field. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Are you wait? Are you talking about that one that was in in Virginia? Uh-huh. In the rice field? Yes. Yes. That he was beaten to death with a... Uh, a snow globe. With one of those snow globes, right? Yeah. It was a yep. it was a knick-knack paddywhack? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so anyway... That is our uh, bad pun for the day. I have... We have piles more. <laughs> so it was his uh, 13-year-old neighbor. Okay. And she was hysterical because their dog had clamped down on her little sister's arm. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a, was it a, a bulldog, a pit bull? Was it a, a pit bull or a bulldog? Sorry, a pit bull. A my pit, bad. Bull? pit okay. bull, okay. So I hate he, these stories. So the he way. runs over to the neighbor's house. Okay. And on his way in, he grabs one of their three-foot uh, nutcracker ornaments from the front yard. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he runs inside, finds the, the 10-year-old um, with the dog. There's blood everywhere. The dog has clamped down on the arm, shaking her all over the place. I wonder what happened. Who knows? This is why you don't keep... Keep what? An animal that is designed specifically for pit fighting. Pit bulls are not designed for pit, pit fighting. Pit bulls are actually one of the nicest, calmest dogs. That's why I hate these stories. Except for they're all stories about pit bulls. 
all stories about pit bulls that usually are provoked, but you never hear the stories about the 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 uh, the dachshund that attacked people because those happen all the time, and Rottweilers, which are designed for fighting. Well, I I don't like dogs at all anyway. So continue. It's neither here nor there. So I what I'm saying is that separate from any of this story or how you feel about dogs, <laughs> I would never leave my children at home with a dog. Because valid, I've heard no, too many I've point. heard too many stories about a dog going off. And I know that there are dogs that will never ever go off. Right, but there's you don't want to run that risk. But me personally have at you know with a with a, a friend of ours dog. Yep. I'm one minute I'm petting the dog, the dog's, you know, sitting there rubbing up against my leg, happy with life, and the next minute is hunched up on all fours and is ready to go to blows with me. Yeah, and I and I think that yeah, who knows what that is in the dog. But anyway, so, continue continue. Anyway, so um it's got her by the upper arm, it's shaking her around violently. So he starts beating on it with the uh the lawn ornament. That's fantastic. Um hits it on the head a bunch of times, nothing happens, so then it starts hitting it on the back of the neck. Okay. Until it finally lets it go. She's able to escape. Good. Um and then he was able to help her because he's a uh, medic. Oh, nice. Uh, mi- an old military medic? Yeah. Oh, v- fantastic. Vietnam War. Or, v- sorry, uh, Korean War. See, that's a, still a good story. So, anyway, um, this is a cool story because he was able to uh, use his experience to help the yeah, girl. Yeah, help the poor little girl out. So. I'm curious as to, you know, so here, here's the other side of that. So, I am... You know, I, I like dogs. I've I had a I had we had Lucky. You know that little, uh, mm-hmm. little cute dachshund chihuahua thing, um, and then I had another dachshund at one point, and uh, his name was Jonas, and uh, Jonas Jonas had issues, um, and he snapped at me out of nowhere and clamped down on my arm, um, and uh, but you're not a ten year old girl. I'm right? not a ten year old girl, and so he didn't actually break my skin, um, because, well, I have anyway. Ridiculous skin. Tough skin? I have tough skin. I have a thick hide. Um, anyway, continue. And so uh, and so I had to give him... I actually... I chose to give him back to the to the, uh, to the rescue that I had gotten him from because it, it was like a dachshund rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal belief is when a dog does that, one time's too many. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so um, if a dog shows any sign of aggression in the first place... And you keep that dog in your house, I question a little bit of your sanity, especially with children, right? Yeah. Um, but Jonas had never shown any aggression. But for me, the first time, I don't care what the reason is. I don't care if they've got, you know, uh, if their stomach hurts. I don't care if they've got something inside them. Um, they are animals that are designed by design. They are they are meant to hunt and eat meat. They're designed to rip flesh, right? right. And so one time. One time acting out like that, as far as I'm concerned, time's up. Um, and so the problem that I have with those stories is I would bet, I would bet you that if you were to go back into the history of that dog, he's done this before, um, possibly, maybe not to a three-year-old, but maybe to an adult. Ten-year-old. Or somebody came over, uh, sorry, ten-year-old, or somebody came over to the house and he's growling him at, growling at him. You know, I just recently had a really good friend of mine who had a had a little dog, and I know this is going to spark huge debate uh, because people are people are all about their 
all about their pets. And I understand that. And I get that. And I sympathize with that. But uh, I have a friend who they had two dogs, uh, three dogs, actually, um, loved their dogs. I'm very close friends with them. Um, and one of their dogs was um, had issues. And uh, when it was just the dogs and them, it was fine. But then they got pregnant and had a baby. And that dog was oh, I was uh, was nipping a little bit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and growling. And it was... And uh, and I I am super proud of the mom for making the uh, making the right decision, and she went and had the dog put down um, because she tried to rehome the dog and she got attacked on social media for it. How dare you even have a child if you can't have a you know it, ridiculous things like that? And so the problem I have with these is that as much as I like you know you don't like dogs, I do. Um, but the other side of it is when it comes down to between a human and a dog. Sorry, I'm going to pick a human, you know, because uh, there's a difference there in humanity. So anyway, those are, that was a fun story to start with. (laughs) Yes, it was. Thank Um, you. You're welcome. So uh, I'm sure that we will get debate on on the puppies and the complaining of of people who, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that love their dogs more than they like, they like people, you know. And so, so, so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go there for a sec just because of the way my, my, the way my brain works. So the dog, you, 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 you mentioned this before, separate from the podcast that Pitbulls are very nice, friendly dogs. They actually were meant as, um, as home defense dogs. They're usually really good with kids. So the only thing that I have to counter that with is that. The name is literally Pitbull. Literally. It is a Pitbull. In the name is Pit. What, for pit fighting? For pit fighting. That's I, just, this is, I, I, I know. Well, fair enough. I, I get it. I, just, I don't know if that's where the name my, came from. My, my brain logically is saying, why would you have a dog in your house that literally has Pit in the name? As if it was a... As if it was designed for that. I don't know if they were designed for that or not. I don't know the... Um, well, that's the question is I wonder where that name Pitbull came from. I don't know the... Because et- I know they're crossed with a bulldog. I don't know the etymology of Pitbulls. Right. I actually don't know the etymology of most dogs. Um, it's actually something I've never... I've, or their names, I should say. Because etymology is the... Right, right. The study of words and languages and stuff like that. Anyway, actually... Is that right? Etymology? Yeah, I think that's right. Yes. Okay, Sorry. Had a brain fart there for a second. Anyway, if I'm wrong, feel free smells. to uh, feel free to uh, counter me with the exi- with the right name. Yes, make a note. Let us know. Anyway, um, so I'm just that's just my logical brain saying, you know, why would you do that? The only dog that I've ever liked, actually, I will say this: uh, my best friend growing up had a uh, had a lab, had a chocolate lab named Mocha. Oh yes, and she was the nicest, friendliest dog that in, I have in the world ever met in my entire life. Um, she actually didn't even know how to bark. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, with that exception, I'm, I'm like, I don't like dogs. Me and dogs don't go well together. Well, the other side of that too, though, is that you are a little bit bigger of a person with a very big beard. 
And to an animal, you look like another predator. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's the other side of it, you know, is that, you know, dogs are, you know, who knows? Who knows what's, uh, what's crossed their mind, you know? Maybe they think I'm a bear. That's honestly what I thought originally, is that they think you look like a bear. But, you know, I don't know. We should get a fish or a snake. I like fish. I had a fish when I was little. I like snakes. I had a rainbow fish. Actually, I have a friend that just offered to. They're they're named thinking about rehoming their rainbow snake. fish. You had a fish named Rainbow Fish. Yeah. When? Where was I? I was four, three, four. It was my fourth birthday. Dad brought it home for me. Wow. I remember this. And How long did it survive? Not that long. Okay. I I fed it for a little bit, and then I think I forgot to feed it one day, <laughs> and it died. And then uh, mom and Isaac flushed it down the toilet, and I was very upset. Oh, well, I, that doesn't make sense. I mean, that makes sense. No, I was upset that I didn't get a chance to flush it down the toilet. Oh. Because that's, my brain was it's like. It's like a rite of passage. This, this is the logical pet, progression. I, it, I have to do it. Of, well, no, it's the logical progression of a fish. Oh, they, you get, they belong you get in a the fish. toilet. No, you get a fish. Oh. It lives for a certain amount of time. And then it dies. And gets flushed down the toilet. And then you flush it down the toilet. That's what you do. And then when I, it was like after the fact, and mom was like, well, I didn't want you to be upset. And I'm like, well, now I'm upset because I wanted to flush it down the toilet. Yeah, I wanted to be the one. Because that's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I didn't realize until later that it's like, I killed this, this creature by right. not feeding it. Right. But regardless, it's like, this is the process. Like, it would be like... It, okay, let's go back to the the animal thing, the dog thing. Since if, we're all, since our since our show today is about animals, animals and apparently. the rights of animals. If I had a dog, and you know, dogs have a shorter lifespan than than humans. Yeah, on average, I think it's twelve to fourteen years. or something. Yeah, so it's like a, a a third or a fourth. Well, it's less than that. Or well, in some cases, cause some dogs live longer. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. even a fifth or a sixth of a human's life. Right. So you know, I have this dog. And it lives until, you know, let's say I get a dog now and it dies when I'm 40. And I, you know, it would be, I I think I would be slightly offended if someone were to take the dog after it died and bury it somewhere. Okay. Because, I mean, you you bury your dog. A lot of people do that. I actually like the cremation idea. Well, there's there's that. But I do know that a lot of people bury their dog. They, yeah. you know, they have a little thing where they dig a hole and they bury the yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a, you say goodbye. It would be incorrect for someone to bury my dog for me. Yeah, right? no, you would need to be the one to, to bury your dog. Because it's my animal. And so that's kind of how I felt about the fish. It's like, you bury the fish at sea down the drain. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. So, anyway. Of course... There's a different perspective on flushing fish down the toilet if you watch Men in Black 2, but... Or 3, sorry. Or, or Finding Nemo. Or Finding Nemo, too, that's true. Have you seen my dad? Have you seen my dad? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it was, it was Men in Black 3, not Men in Black 2. <clears throat> Wait, which part is Men in Black 3? They when they're in about? the... Oh, where when they get they're flushed. In the, they're in the Chi- no, when they're in the Chinese restaurant. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know... I forgot about when that. you... When you flush that nasty fish that you get, that your kid bought down the toilet, circus, this is what happens. This is... <laughs> How you doing, Bob? Uh, anyway. Oh, wow. That was a good movie. It was. 
You know, we didn't do a we didn't do a movie segment yesterday. Nope. We actually didn't do a movie segment at the end of last week either. Yeah, we did. Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah, we talked about okay. the Mandalorian. It's technically not a movie. It's technically a TV show, but okay. Yeah, but it's the redemption of Star Wars. Uh, because so far, because uh, what is it? Kathleen Kennedy uh, has royally her her in in conjuncture with uh, with the worst director who ever lived. Yeah, how do you successfully ruin two more than two two I science mean, no two no, major just two major science, science fiction, fiction franchises? Yeah, and we are of course talking about J.J. Abrams and Star Wars um, and Star Trek, and we are talking about Star Wars and Star Trek, where he got his mitts into them and um, needs to be taken out and flogged for uh, for his work on those movies. And of course, that is coming from an armchair or, cor- armchair director or taken here, out and frogged. That that would actually probably be a better better thing to do. I know people that that think that the new movies were phenomenal, but it's like you butchered the story, completely butchered the story. Oh, wait, you know what? We can't get on this because I will spend an entire hour or you longer will. talking about. I mean, we could how technically Star Wars. We could technically go through the into. movies and break down the movies and how poorly made they are. The new ones, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Do we want to plan that though? Yeah, Let's probably. Because I mean, episode seven. You watch episode seven. It's so disjointed. It is. It's and, just. And you know, every time that I, I, I have a couple friends who are who are, they're film majors, or they were film majors. They right. graduated with a degree in doing film, doing film. Right. And every time that we would talk about this, the only argument they could ever give me was, well, but they had practical effects though. And it's like, you can't make a movie and base it all on practical effects. Yeah. How many times has someone made a movie and it's flopped? And like, but it had great practical effects. It's like, who cares? Who cares? About the it had a crappy a story. story. And of course, everyone looks at Star Wars 7 like, well, it made so much money. It's like, it made so much money because you have a bunch of nerds that are weekend fans. Well, not just that. It was 20 years. Yeah, it... It was almost twenty years between Just, episode, between episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and the new movie. Yeah. Well, and and Wait, the, how long, when did episode three? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah. So fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. Good grief. But all you have to do, honestly, all you have to do is look at the, look at the lack of response to the next movie. Well, not just the lack of response to the next movie either, is the outcry. The out, the outrage, the mm-hmm. uproar. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, they're trying to. They, their argument, of course, was, well, we're trying to reach a new generation. You know how you reach a new generation? You keep it the way it was, and have the older generation teach the new generation. Well, and that's that is that is that was one of the things about Star Trek when Star Trek came back in the in the nineties, in the eighties and nineties, was that you had a whole new generation of Star Trek fans. Hence, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. No. Seriously. I mean, they literally named it the next it generation. Is, it is the exact same stuff, just for that time period more modernized. Yeah, and it was great. And and the other thing is that they came, they kept the storyline. Essentially, what they you know, if you know anything about Star Trek, in the nineteen sixties, when the first when the original series came out, they were predicting that by two thousand we would have space travel, we would have sleeper ships, all this stuff. Right. By the, by the 1980s, it was clear that we were not going to have that stuff yet. A lot of stuff had changed. But yet, they, can, they maintained the story in to the next generation right. and into the other series 
because it was the story that they made. And and it was and and see that's the thing with Star Star Trek, is that you can go so many different ways with the story. And and you can do and really whatever you want. Yeah, and continue along the same veins. It's the, it's the it's the tech. It's the it's the certain things. The problem with Star Wars is that they literally threw the entire story out. Well, and went a whole nother direction. What's funny is that. What while J- while smacking all of the old fans in the what face, J.J. Abrams did by bringing back Luke and Leia and as and Han and then as, killing Han. Well, as as a shell of what they were. Exactly. Exactly. Be- well, and what's funny is that in Star Trek, you can do that. You can have some crazy event happen that completely and totally changes the timeline and the story and the tech. Right. To a certain degree. Yeah, because of how Star Wars. You know. Or Star Trek is technically out. speaking, you could you could you could you could technically make the argument that if uh, George Kirk, which is Captain Kirk's dad, father, yeah, if he had died as a uh, what was he a, a lieutenant in that in the in the movie, right? If he were to have died at that point, that technically speaking, all of the tech would have led more towards disruptor style weaponry instead of phaser style weaponry and i mean all the the list of things that changed right off the side you could line, very yeah. easily make that argument if at a certain point a futuristic a enemy were to have showed up and destroyed stuff right there is that on the other side of that on the other side of this whole argument you cannot do that with star wars no because it's because there is no because there's over 10,000 years of Canon. Right. Right. There is there is there is literally thousands of years of canon before and after the movies. Right. And so and that's the And in the movies. And in, in the between movies. Yeah, the movies. In, in between the movies. And see that's the hard part is that you have, you know, the direction that these characters were going, even if you throw out the the expanded universe or the the whatever it's called now, the Legends of Legends the Force. Of the Force. Even if you throw all of that out, the direction that Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, right? The, yeah. the four main characters. Mm-hmm. The direction that... The, or Wedge Antilles, you know, some of these people that were in the... Yeah, the you know, minor Boba, characters, Boba but Fett, the, the, main, the main but characters. But the main characters, the direction that they were going at the end of episode six. Yes. At the end of episode six is... I mean... It's like they picked up 20 years later and they literally had done nothing. Yeah. I mean, literally, what would they say? Would they, they, they tried to do an exact time frame, so it was like 30 it's years. Like 30-something years. 30-something something years like later. They'd done nothing. Yeah. There's no story. Oh, okay. So Luke tried to restart the, the Jedi Order and had Leia and Han's son there who had the Force somehow. Um, no, he would have had the force. He would have had the Leia. force because of Leia, but he had the force, right? And then he went dark, and then there's no other story other than the fact that Luke is gone, and Leia and and Leia. Here, my biggest beef is this: Leia and Han broke up. Come on. That that to me is like let's slap the family in the face, shall we? Well, and that's what they did. Well, we. The problem is, is that they threw out all of the canon. And so now that we've thrown out all the canon, we can't use the story that we had before. And so the only way to make a story is to make drama. And the easiest way to make drama is to have them split up. Have them split up. And of course, the best of all, as if 
to go one step further, they split up over their son. Which is, that is not a very family friendly. Yeah. Talk uh, about a slap in the face. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how rude, how, how insensitive, really, more than anything else, how insensitive can you be? Exactly. You know, that, that is one of the things that's so epic about the way the Star Wars universe used to be, was that it was all about, you know, the, the camaraderie and the friendship. Yeah. And, um, I mean, just what's hysterical is that, um... You know, they, Luke and Leia have no clue in the movies that they're related to each other. Right. Until the end of episode six, essentially. Right, right. And yet, the brother-sister bond that they create with each other... Throughout the, throughout the Legends throughout, of the Force? Throughout the, no, throughout the movies. Throughout the three movies. Oh, just, just the three movies. Yeah, They are absolutely. just, I mean, separate of the awkwardness in episode five, but, well, yeah, you know, that. Some, some relatives do stuff like that, but, you know. We won't talk about that. I don't know if I've ever kissed any of my cousins. Yeah, anyway. Um, I think that's neither here nor there. Um, regardless, the relationship that they have with each other. Yeah. The the brother-sister bond that they have with each other. Yeah. Is epic. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, you know, the... In the prequel series, in episode 1, 2, and 3, the bond between Anakin... And Padme. Yeah. Their relationship. I mean, talk about being... Talk about a relationship in adversity. He is literally not allowed to get married. Ever. And he's married to her. And stays married to her. And, well, and not just to mention that. I mean, that not only are they married secretly... Um, uh, um, uh, yes. But they had a, there was an age gap there, too. Right? I mean, how old was she compared to him? He was nine. She was 14. Oh, she was only In the first movie. Okay. So it's only like five years. So it's not that big of a stretch. So it's not a huge stretch, but it is a stretch. And actually in the books, they do talk about the age difference between the two of them. Um, Specifically in Star Wars Episode uh, 3, the the, uh, book based on the screenplay. But what my point is, is that even, even... in the prequels, where they, it's you can tell that the story, there the the relationship is strained, right. Even in that, there is such a strong bond of familyness. Um, I mean, he goes in episode two, he goes on a rampage because his mom dies. Well, you know what? I think the I think the biggest issue here that we're talking about is is the family aspect, and so in the in the legends of the Force. The family unit mm-hmm. between the Skywalkers and the Solos is unbreakable. Yeah, and there's a constant attack on it, but it's unbreakable. Um, and and just pieces of writing. If you ever get an opportunity to listen to the audiobooks or read those books um, of the Legends of the Force, do it. Yeah, because sure. they are they are awesome. The characters are incredible. The storytelling is masterful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it goes. I mean, it goes those places. I mean, the emotions, just from listening to the story, the emotions that I felt when, um, when certain characters died was, uh, was heavy. I mean, it was heavy stuff. Um, but it was good stuff. And I think well, the that's, issue... That's good storytelling. That's good storytelling. Well, and I think the issue is, is that we're, we're living in a world where the family, the family unit is, is poo-pooed on. 
It is. You know, it's like um, we we have a we have a thing in our family that we we are. It was uh, it was very unspoken for a long time, but now it is a spoken thing. But it is we are family. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you know we have issues in our family as as do every family. Every family has um, issues. You know, and there are certain things that go on and certain things that happen. And but there comes a point when when the end of, at the end of the day, no matter what my brothers do, no matter what my parents do, no matter any of that stuff, they are my family. Yep. And in our case, we have, you know, we, we had a good childhood. Um, we had, uh, you know, we had a nice time growing up, but we have a tight knit family. And you know what? The, the strange thing in there too, is that for us, that extends to our extended family as well. It does. You know, um, we may not get along or see eye to eye with some of our extended family. <laughs> you know, some of our cousins are a little on the, uh, on the crazy side or whatnot, but at the end of the day, you're my cousin. You're my family. And family, right, it means something. Mm-hmm. It's serious. And and we have, you know, we have we have uh, religious beliefs, you know. We are we are Christians. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins um and and saved you. And and that that, you know, and when you give your life to Jesus, there is a certain um aspect of change that comes with that and you begin right. to live your life towards Jesus. Not all of our family is that way. Right. Um, but that doesn't lessen how much I love them. Yeah, for sure. Right? Um, and we live in a culture anymore, unfortunately, that has become um, that has become this uh, uh, love equals acceptance. Right. Right? And it doesn't. Love doesn't equal acceptance. I don't have to accept how you're living your life. I don't have to actually agree with how you're living your life. I can actually... Let's go there. Let's go I there. I can actually... I can actually... Disagree. Disagree with or be offended and be offended by by your life um what was that i'm not sure oh well carry on um be offended by your your lifestyle or or whatever um and still love you yep and still care for you and let's go all the way and still be able to help you if you need yeah absolutely right mm-hmm. um and and there is an aspect of spending time with you know i'm i i have no problem spending time with some of my family members, you know, I, uh, but at the same time it's understood. I don't approve of your lifestyle, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't approve of what you're doing, but it's your life. Yep. It's not mine. Yep. I don't get to control that. And I think that's the aspect. I think that's the issue. That's my biggest thing with the star Wars franchise is that when they did this new reboot and they threw out the legends of the force, they discounted all of that family aspect that was built over time and and this amount of of years in the in the Star Wars universe um where it it became you know it it was this thing that was so solid yep. you know the the solo family and their children as tight knit as possible even with one of the one of the solo kids uh was named Jason in the in the in the legends of the force and he actually went to the dark side and became a dark lord of the sith um and actually had to be put down by his own sister his own twin sister right with the help of luke and even in that where they had to handle an issue within the family they still well it took them three times because they couldn't bring themselves they couldn't to doing bring it. themselves to do it and that's the point and when they did finally do it it, it, it hurt them 
and it, yeah. it hurt them very badly. Well, and and I, I think all of this, what, what we're getting around to is that the heart and soul of the story has, has been, been removed. Has been removed. And I, I think that in a in a certain aspect on the Star Trek side of things, it's the same way, because even though they, even though you can totally change the entire story and you know just kind of do whatever you want because of right. the whole timeline changing thing. The heart and soul of Star Trek, what makes Star Trek Star Trek, is not there. Right. I, I I watched 10 minutes of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, Discovery was... Literally. No, I'm, I'm saying literally 10 minutes. Yeah, it was if that, royally. And turned it off. Because it was like, this isn't Star Trek. This isn't anything that I remember from what how amazing Star Trek was. Yeah. So, with that being said, this light, happy, fun topic we're talking about, it's the bottom of the hour. <laughs> All right, the bottom of the hour. This is uh, Pod Bros. Uh, a, production a production of Sound, of production of Sound Productions. Bros. Sound Bros Productions. Um, we, are, uh, we are very happy to have you uh, listening with us. We're uh, thoroughly in, enjoying our, our time with you. Today's subject, we were trying to be light and fluffy, and we got on the subject of family and how family is supposed to be close and tight-knit. Um, and so, but hey, it's still fun. It is. Right? Um, and it, boy, did we blaze through to the half hour point. This felt like it went really quick this time. It's true. You really could um, talk for an hour about Star Wars. I, I can, actually. I we really should can. we should not continue talking about Star Wars, though. We no, more, just, no more Star Wars? Just move on to another subject. How about Harry Potter? How about someone who is called the Robin Hood of Chicken Nuggets? That sounds like a fun story. It right? sounds like a fantastic story. Lay it on me, bro. So, um, a former employee at a McDonald's in Canada named Cody is being celebrated as the Robin Hood of Chicken Nuggets after he admitted on November 15th that he would frequently give people extra chicken nuggets when they would order chicken nuggets at McDonald's. So you would get a 10-piece and end up with an 11-piece or something? Or Yep. That's fantastic. Cody, you're my hero. So, uh, yep. The Robin Hood of Chicken Nuggets. The Although, Robin Hood of Chicken that does, Nuggets. That does some bring, bring some negative connotations towards what McDonald's you represents. You know what? To that, uh, what, what, what was his name? Cody? Cody. I say we give Cody an applause. Good Lord. So, anyway. The, the sound effects brought to you by Luke's iPad. Yes, well, I finally found a, a, an effect board, so we're going to actually add this in and, and just kind of play with it. Um, every now and then. So if you hear some randomness um, coming from the show, you know, like a like a weird, <laughs> then uh, then that's the uh, that is our sound pad. So ridiculous. Uh, super super fun. This will be fun. You got any so, stories over there? Because I've got another story. You know, I I do have some stories. Why don't you go with your story while I pull up mine? So uh, in honor of Christmas time, hey, all right, I found the uh, Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Okay. Which, the picture is pretty amazing. It's a, uh, it is a semi. That is like, massive, a massive semi, um, a seventy-seven foot tall spruce. A what? Seventy-seven foot tall. Spruce. Spruce. And it's a real tree. This is a real tree. Yes. And so they bring this in every year. They they cut it down, wrap it up, and bring it in. And set it up in the Rockefeller Center. Wow! In in New York for Christmas. 
The tree comes from Florida. Wow. Florida, New York. There must be a town in New York named Florida. Okay. Anyway, it weighs approximately 12 tons. That's uh that's in- that's incredible. It is 5 feet taller and 2 tons heavier than last year's cre- tree. The tree is estimated to be between 70 and 75 years old and was donated to the Rockefeller Center by Carol Schultz. Anyway, I just Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. I I looked down further on the thing. So, uh, Carol Schultz (coughs) planted the tree in 1959. Oh, she planted the tree herself? Yeah. For this thing? Yep. That's cool. That is awesome. That is is probably one of the coolest stories I've (laughs) read. I didn't realize that that's... Wow. Dang, that's amazing. There's a picture of her hugging the tree. Well, that makes her a tree hugger. But that is a cool tree. Of course, there's tons of people watching it be driven in. Man, it, it can't even... The semi-driver is having to drive up onto the sidewalk to make the turns. Yeah, I cannot imagine. This is a massive, massive tree. Look at this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, they got to block off everything just to get it in there. Yep. Anyway, so, epic Christmas tree. Um, All right, I've, get, I've got a fun one. Get some stories over yeah, there, yeah, yeah. And, then, so, and then we'll do the weather. Okay, so, uh, the new seven wonders of the world. Ooh, new seven wonders of the yeah, world. Yeah, so the following list of the new seven wonders of the world is presented without ranking and aims to represent global heritage. Keep in mind, price and stock could change after publish date, uh, and we make and and we may make money from these links. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what that is. So, anyway, this is the Travel Channel. So, in two thousand seven, more than a hundred million people voted to declare the new seven wonders of the world. The following list of the seven wonders is presented without ranking and aims to represent. So, this is two thousand seven. This is almost ten years ago, or more than ten years ago. Twelve years ago. Twelve years ago. 21, yeah. Almost 13. Wow, that's incredible. So anyway, the Great Wall of China, built between the uh, 5th century BC and the 16th century, the Great Wall of China is a stone and earth fortification created to protect the borders of the Chinese emperor from the invading Mongols or the aliens, you know, if you watch the movie The Great Wall. Um, or the Huns, if you watch Mulan. The Huns, right. Uh, the Great Wall is actually a succession of multiple walls, um, Spanning approximately 4,000 miles, making it the world's largest man-made structure. It's also visible from space. It is also visible from space, yeah. It also has uh, upwards of a million people buried inside of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Just from the construction? Yeah, when uh, when someone would die on the wall, they would throw them into the center. And just bury them in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that the wall is actually protected by ghosts, too. Nice. So that's Well, fun. there is that giant... Um, there's that giant uh, search. Sarcophagus? The, uh, it's a uh, the mausoleum that they found. That's right. That's that right. Of the, all the soldiers. The soldiers in it? Yeah. yeah. 
that's part of that wall too. Yeah, that's crazy stuff, man. Anyway, okay, uh, the next one, uh, Christ the Redeemer statue, Rio de Janeiro. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, the Art Deco style Christ the Redeemer statue has been looming over the Brazilians from um, upon Carcovado uh, Mountain in an awe-inspiring state of eternal blessing since 1931. The 130-foot reinforced concrete and soapstone statue uh, was designed by Hietar de Silvia Costa and cost approximately $250,000 to build. Nice. Uh, Much of the money was raised through donations. The statue has become an easily recognized icon for uh, Rio de Janeiro. That is true. And Brazil. So it's kind of cool. Everybody knows where that is, right? I'd love to see that in real life sometime. I think Joe sent us a picture of that when he was down there. Was he there? Yeah. He went through Brazil to go to Peru? I thought where... he sent us a picture of that. Did he go? I thought he went to Peru. He did. Peru is South, Amer- South America, right? Correct. Okay. So, uh, Machu Picchu. So is Peru. Brazil, by the way. I, I knew that, actually. Oh, Machu Picchu. Brazil. Yeah. He, yeah. he did Machu send us Picchu. pictures of that. Machu Picchu? Yes. So, Machu Picchu is an Incan city of sparkling granite precariously perched between two towering Andean peaks. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is thought by scholars to have been a sacred archaeological center for nearly for a nearby Incan capital of Cusco. Uh, built at the peak of the Incan Empire in the mid-1400s. Cool. So that's kind of cool. Um, the Yucatan Peninsula, Peninsula in Mexico. Yucatan, I think. Yucatan. Yucatan. Yeah, the gene. It's the uh, it's the Mayan uh, um, pyramid thing right. that they uh, that they slaughtered hundreds of millions of people on. Right? Isn't that what they used to do? The uh, you walk up the steps, and that was where they did their sacrifices at the top. Yeah, of those? I think it was one of them. The main so, one, which was in Mexico City, has been long since destroyed. Most of it, anyways. Really. As a matter of fact, the uh, the Capitol building in Mexico City which is right across the street from the ruins of that pyramid, uh-huh. was built out of most of the stones from that pyramid. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, Cortez did, when Cortez destroyed it. And he destroyed it probably because of their insanity. Okay, uh, what's next here? The Roman Colosseum okay. in Rome. Rome if, uh, Rome's, if not Italy's, most enduring icon, undoubtedly, is the Colosseum, built between A.D. 70 and A.D. Um, it is in use. It was in use for some 500 years. The elliptical structure sat nearly 50,000 spectators, who gathered to watch the gladiatorial events, as well as other public spectacles, including battle reenactments, animal hunts, and executions. Uh, earthquakes and stone robbers have left the Colosseum in a state of ruin, but portions of the structure remain open to tourists, and its design still influences the influences the construction modern-day amphitheaters some 2,000 years later. That's true. Yeah, the Colosseum was a pretty epically built building. No doubt. Mm-hmm. 50,000 people. Could you imagine? That's a lot of folk. Yep. That's a lot of folk. Anyway, uh, the Taj Mahal mm-hmm. in India. Uh, the, uh, a mausoleum commissioned for the wife of um, the Emperor Shah Jahan. The Taj Mahal was built in between 1632 and 1648, uh, considered the most perfect specimen of Muslim art in India. The white marble structure actually represents a number of architectural, architectural styles, including Persian, Islamic, 
Turkish, and Indian. The Taj Mahal also encompasses formal guardians, gardens of raised pathways, sunken flower, fa- flower beds, and a linear reflecting pool. Interesting. So that is very interesting. I didn't know that the Taj Mahal was 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 a uh, was a Muslim thing, Muslim art. How old is it? Does it say how old it was? Yeah, sixteen thirty two to sixteen forty eight. I thought the Taj Mahal was Persian. It is Persian. That must be a uh, what you might call it a a historical rewrite. Yeah. Petra in Jordan declared a World Heritage Site in, in 1985. Petra was the capital of the Nabataean Empire of King Artreus IV and likely existed in its prime from 9 BC to, uh, to AD 40. The members of this civilization pr- proved to be early experts in manipulating water technology, constructing intricate tunnels and water chambers, which helped create a pseudo-oasis. Uh, a number of incredible structures carved into stone, a 4,000-seat amphitheater, and the LDR Monastery have also helped the site earn its fame. Nice. So that's really cool. That's the one that's built into the stone wall. Yep. I know which one that is. So. That's from yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I believe so. No. Not Raiders of the Lost Ark. My bad. Um, what was the What was the second to last one? Uh, the, the Holy Grail. Yeah, the Holy, Holy Grail. Yep. Well, that looks like it's it. That was all seven, so... Nice. Yeah. Um, and the next article I'm not going to read because it's odd. Okay. Let's so, do the weather. Well, let's do the weather while I find another article. So, right now it is approximately 51 degrees. Indeed. Um, and by that I mean I don't actually know that it's 51 degrees. It just says it's 51 degrees on here. With a 92% humidity... And it's misty outside with four miles of visibility. Misty. And in some cases, like out here in in uh, Chino Valley area, it was down to two miles when I drove over here earlier today. Two miles what? Visibility. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty thick. Was it? Yeah. Um, It's supposed to be, and it was raining too. So um, for those of you who have listened in the past, an accurate weather prediction. Hey, all right. So it's supposed to continue raining today and then into tonight and then tomorrow it's supposed to stop raining. Um, and then it'll start, it'll pick up again on Saturday evening and rain until Sunday and be done by Monday evening. So, but it looks like for the most part, snow is pretty much off the table because of the weather not being below 32 degrees at any point during that period of time. That is fantastic. I'm happy for that. So all of the snow is now rained away. Indeed. Unfortunately, the ground has now turned to mush. Yeah. Try getting out of our driveways. It's fantastic. So. All right. So I got another one. Um, World's largest cave to open first public tours. Ooh. Yeah. Wait. Oh, it's opening its first public tour. Yeah, so when a local man discovered the entrance to Vietnam's Son Dong Cave in 1991, it it appeared infinite. He feared the giant precipice that descended nearly 300 feet below him. Um, uh, For 18 more years, the cave remained unexplored. 
Then in 2009, two British cavers dropped into Sondong and discovered the largest cave on Earth. The Sondong is over 5.5 miles long. Wow. And can fit a 40-story skyscraper within its walls. That's cool. It contains giant uh, stalactites, waterfalls, and a jungle that is known as the Garden of Adam. With native uh, animals like flying foxes, monkeys, and hornbills thriving inside the cave's cavern's lush landscape. Nice. Now, for the first time in history, the cave will open to the public. A tour company called uh, Oaxis is running trial tours in the cave and accepting signups for real six-day tours to take place next year. Six days. That's cool. Well, five miles. Tourists will trek the stunning cavern by day and sleep on the cave's sandy beaches at night. On their first night inside the cave, visitors will camp near Hand of Dog, a giant stalactite that looks like a dog's paw. Nice. The cave contains two underground sinkholes with cliffs as high as 800 feet. Wait. Hand of Dog? Hand of Dog. Is that what people talk about who are dyslexic? Yes. It's the Hand of Dog instead of the Hand of God. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, the cave uh, contains two underground sinkholes with cliffs as high as 800 feet. That's cool. And a Great Wall of Vietnam that is over 15 stories high. Fields of algae from ancient pools blanket sections of the cave's interior, and rare pearls of uh, calicite crystals coat the cave walls. Take a look through these photos and transport yourself in the blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like... Oh, okay. The tour costs $3,000 and includes a week of travel inside the cave. $3,000 US dollars? It just says $3,000. Only 220 tourists will be able to visit the cave in 2014, so be sure to book well in advance. This must be a really old story. Oh, yeah. This was published in 2013. So uh, this this cave kind of sounds like a um, like a, the Grand Canyon, if the Grand Canyon was covered. Right. It'd be like trekking through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, well, except for it's 5.5 miles long. As opposed to... How long the Grand Canyon is? I don't know how long the Grand Canyon is. Longer than that. Is it? I think. Okay, well, you know. Okay, so hey, old stories. September 11th, 2013. Wow. Was that when that one came out? Uh, I have another one. Okay. This also came out in 2013. Apparently these uh, stories are very old. Uh, my, uh, I'm, I'm sucking on the pulling up good stories here. Yeah, today, you are. Apparently. But a chess prodigy at nine becomes the youngest American to reach expert level. Hmm. Uh, Carissa Yip. Uh, picked up her first chess piece three years ago, and you know what? I'm not going to be racist right now, but yes, she is Asian. Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Yep, she is. Uh, now she became the youngest American to reach expert level. The child prodigy has moved so quickly up the rankings that she already took down at least 93% of the more than 51,000 players registered with the U.S. Chess Foundation Federation. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Um, she beat out the youngest master who was 12 years old. Nice. Uh, she beat out that record. So That's awesome. Well, clearly, if it's the record, he's not 12 anymore. Indeed. So, I'll try and find some other stuff here that's uh, not years old here. Yes. Years and years old. What do you got for us over there, buddy? I, I blew through all my stories. Oh, okay. How much more time do we have? About four minutes. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I don't really have to search that much then. No, I mean, we could just... Well, hey, we have our LLC. We do. Um, and uh, we charge uh, $75 an hour for recording. 
um, and uh, for the first studio time. Um, and we are getting ready to build our studio. Yep. So um, anybody have any suggestions on how to do that or want to join in or be part of it or anything like that, let us know. Boy, I can't keep this thing up. To no, save my you life. cannot. Good grief. So anyway. Well, we could just end early. We could, but. Who wants to do that? Yeah, who wants to do that? That's no fun. No. We could just ramble back and forth for about four and a half minutes. Well, we do that done. anyway. Yeah, but now we're actually acknowledging that we're rambling. That's true. I apologize. I've, I've been a little under the weather. It's why my voice sounds the way it does. Is it because of the weather that's going on outside? And I'm short. And you're under it? I'm always under my weather. Yes. Under the, I'm always under the weather. Is anyone else under the weather? Out of the weather? In the weather? We got our business cards. We did. That's kind of cool. Hey, um, if you uh, if you want to listen to another podcast, Dreadnought uh, 928 is a pretty cool pretty cool podcast. Um, we were uh, we were on that one for about a week. Um, it was we a cool podcast. being Luke. No, you, you joined we us. We being me one day. Yeah, well. Anyway, we were on that podcast, and it was fun. And uh, Richie over there is, uh, he's having a hard time keeping co-hosts. Um, he's, uh, he's lost yet another co-host, and so... Uh, <gasps> No. So, um, uh, you know, so hopefully he finds somebody that he can do, uh, do the show with, continue to do the show with, um, or he just, uh, you know, I hope things work out for him. He's our buddy and we like him and, and we want him to, want him to succeed. So, uh, go over there, be a Patreon for, for Dreadnought 928. Um, and for us. And for us, you know, we're, we've got our Patreon up as well. I was getting there. Calm yourself. Um, Are you advertising for his show or for our show? Both. What the heck, man? Both, man. You're supposed to start with us and then okay, talk I'm about sorry. him. Uh, go be a Patreon for Sound Bros Productions, um, our podcast from Pod Bros. And while you're at Patreon, jump over and be a Patreon for Dreadnought Night. See, see how much easier that was? You're so ridiculous. Uh, you know what's cool? Rhinos are cool. Yeah. Rhinos are cool. I think rhinos are cool. A cool animal. You know, they most, a really tough hide. Most animals are pretty cool, actually. Except for dogs, apparently. I I didn't say that dogs are not cool. I just said I don't. I just said I didn't want one. Yeah, but and I don't like them. Well, I guess that's valid. Do you, I don't like cats. Are you going to keep a rhino? I wouldn't mind keeping a rhino. I don't know where we would keep one. Exactly. I don't know. Are there even any rhinos in the U.S.? Probably. I think there is. Are there? I think there I was. Think there I know are. that there was. I know that there was a couple at the Phoenix uh, uh, Zoo. Really? For a while. I think they have giraffes too. Rhinos yeah, are the, cool. that area down in Phoenix. What about is, out, out of Africa over there in? Cotton I don't know about. I don't know about out of Africa. Stuff? They might, but the area around here is pretty similar to the uh, to the African. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the African uh, area. Certain areas in Africa, so they can have a lot of African animals here. Um. We forgot to mention all of the happenings. We did. We didn't talk about any of them. This week, Friday. Quick, uh, 30 seconds, go. Friday, 6 o'clock, Prescott Valley, the Holiday of Lights. Saturday um, is the... (laughs) Showcase uh, of Lights. The The Light Parade. Whatever. Saturday in Prescott is the uh, Christmas Parade. Starting um, at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, and then the courthouse lighting starting at 6 o'clock, going from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. In the middle of that 6 o'clock, up the street at 422 West Gurley Street is 
the Puppet, Puppet Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Um, and that's at 180. Um, and that starts at 7 o'clock right in the middle. Family friendly, totally free, um, and uh, actually, free every, refreshments. Actually, everything we've mentioned so far is free. Right. All of it is free. And then the next week, um, Friday the 13th, is the Acker Musicer Showcase. Yes. Um, and you'll get your, you want to go get your scarf at Fancy That. Which is um, something you have to pay for. Which you have to pay free. for. Otherwise, the whole event is free. Correct. Downtown. And then, of course, um, there is the Valley of Lights. And the Valley of Lights, a Valley, Valley, which you can drive through or walk through. We did it! <laughs> I, it was a minute, but it's okay. All right, so we're a little over? Oh, no, we, we still got a few seconds. Oh, just... we're, we're good, we're good. So, um, that is our uh, Wednesday show. Um, we're talking Star Wars today. That was fun. Star Wars and family. That was yep. a lot of fun. So, uh... As, as we always say at the end of our show, if you're not learning, you're dead. So, stay alive. Have a great day.